Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, every day here on the I Work For Him show, it's my job, it's my desire to challenge the way you think about your faith and work. And and we have spent many times in the in the past talking about college university campuses who are trying to prepare students to make an impact on their workplace by giving them a biblical worldview. And today will be none different than that. We have with us today President Joel Wiggins from Crown College, right up there in the frozen tundra, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, my hometown. But they have, the reason we're bringing them on today is the unfortunate event, Clearwater Christian College will be closing here in Clearwater at the end of the summer. And all those students need a great place to go. And in all of my years of being a Christ follower, many of them up in Minneapolis, I know Crown College extraordinarily well. They have not only a fantastically beautiful campus with refreshing air year-round, they also have a fantastic online learning program. And I really thought it would be great for my listeners today, the listeners of the I Work For Him show, to hear more about Crown College. And and to hear the, about their passion, because when I look at those two campuses, Clearwater Christian College and Crown College, they're almost like the same. They had the same passion for students, the same passion for equipping kids to understand that when they graduate, no matter what their degree is, when they go into the workforce, they're entering their mission field. It is a ministry place. And so I'd like to welcome Joel Wiggins from Crown College in Minneapolis, Minnesota, technically St. Bonifacius, Minnesota. 
Thank you, Jim. It's, it's really 75 and pretty nice up here today, so nice. no frozen tundra today. Yeah, nice. 75, light breeze, a perfect June day. You know, we get those days in January. <laughs> but we take them in January, too. We don't get them then, though. So if you'd like to trade your January weather for our June weather, then we can maybe make a trade. Because it's, it's the same temperature today as it was yesterday at this time. It's 95 and sunny. You know, I always tell people that rainy days and Mondays always get me down. But on Mondays, when it's sunny and hot, I don't know, they just get me sweaty. Because it's like that each and every day. You know, I had a, I had a verse because I, I, I always like to open my, my show up with a, a scripture verse. And, and it, as unfortunately... Fortunate as it is, the Clearwater Christian College is closing. It, it's devastating to me. It's been such a, a mourning time for me. I know that the Lord's got a plan. I don't understand it all. None of us really understand all these moving pieces. But I wanted to read this scripture from David that he wrote in Psalms 98, verse 4. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Now, that's really hard to do when your world seems to be falling apart. But the thing I know about my Savior, the thing I know about my Heavenly Father is when our world seems to be falling apart, He's always got another plan. He just wants us to be more dependent on Him. And, and that's, hard. that's hard to do sometimes when it's difficult. So let's take a shift back, Joel, and just talk to me today. How's Christ making an impact on your life? You've had a pretty challenging year yourself. How's Christ making a difference in your world today? Yeah, you know... Um I think in work uh, is the biggest place because that's where I spend most of my time. And, uh, you know, one of the the critical verses that means a lot to me, if I can share a verse with you, Jim, is in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, where Paul prays for uh, the people there in that uh, congregation that he says, I pray by uh, his power that God will make you worthy of his calling and that he'd uh, bring to pass every one of your good desires and that he'd complete every one of your good works that are prompted by your faith so that God would look great in you and you'd look good in him. And uh, I think of that verse where that God would make us worthy of his calling. And so that's, you know, I don't want a calling that I'm worthy of already. Uh, you know, who wants to do something that they're already worthy of already? So... Well, that's not often I, what God does, though. God doesn't usually call us because we're so well-equipped, and normally he equips the called. Isn't that the way it works? Absolutely. You know, the calling is always bigger than I am, right? And uh, I want to serve something and something bigger than, than I am already. That uh, I think that's God's plan for us. So, you know, where I'm at right now, I think that means, you know, leading a really good management team and encouraging them and, and uh, helping all of us to be faithful to what God wants us to do here at, at Crown College and equipping me to build a culture of hope uh, among our people so that they uh, carry on their work uh, in the power uh, of the Spirit and that, you know, just equipping me to reach out to friends because part of my job is to build new friendships and uh, generate uh, old friendships that are going to be of benefit to the college. So I think all those ways... Uh, God is still making me worthy of his calling in those ways. Yeah, he's never done refining us. That, that much I thought, you know, when I, when I was a teenager and gave my life to Christ and really started walking with the Lord, I thought, well, you know, maybe by the time I'm 50, I'll be there. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be at a spot where I'm feeling pretty refined. Okay, so and as I approach, I'm in my 50th year. We'll be, I'll be 50 a year from now. I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> wow. That's all I got to say is, wow. I, you know, you, you, the level of perspective you have on how much refinement there's left, 
I'm, I'm just grateful we don't live to be 500 or 600 years old. That's that's I'm just grateful for that because I you know we I just helped study uh, the, uh, Noah. I'm thinking 500 years before he had children, 480 before he got his main job, and he had to do that same job for 120 years. And, yeah. and I'm thinking. Wow. Think of how refined you'd be after 480 years, and yet there's still work to be done. That's just staggering. All right. You haven't always been in academia. You haven't always been the president of a Christian college. You came from business. Talk about that. How did you become president of Crown College? Where'd you come from? Well, I was uh, down in Lenexa, Kansas, about uh, just five miles or so from Kansas City on the Kansas side, and I was working with entrepreneurs to help them grow their businesses. And I was also working with uh, high net worth people who were seeking to invest in early stage private businesses. So we were kind of putting together people with money with with companies that needed uh, equity investment. And so I was there for eight years before I came here. And I was, before that, I was in Austin, Texas for 13 years, the last eight of it doing pretty much the same thing with entrepreneurs down there. I just saw that Austin was just named the most entrepreneurial city in the United States. So it was a great area to be from and to cut my teeth in that kind of business. Now, do you miss the weather in Austin, Texas in June? (laughs) Well, today it's pretty nice here, but I'll tell you that sometimes in January or November or even May, you know, it's pretty nice down there. Yeah, but here's here's the deal. You know, we're we're talking, we're going to reach out to parents today of kids that are, they're going to college and people think, well, Minnesota, good grief, it's cold. But here's the deal. Some people just like the cold because they're stinking tired of hot. All the time. You know, because in the last, we've lived here now, this is our 13th year. In the last 13 years, I have seen five times 32 degrees. Mm. Now, for you, 32 in the middle of January is like a heat wave. So I would love for it to be cold so that I can appreciate July much more. I I miss it. So whenever it gets to be 32 here, I always go out and wash my car so that I can appreciate how much my hands hurt. You know, uh, Kathy and I have never, my wife Kathy and I have never let weather be the determining factor, but we did kind of have an unwritten law in our family that we would never move north of I-70, and when we lived in Kansas City, (laughs) we lived eight miles south of I-70, and then I got the call to come up here, and... uh, but we we love it up here. It's uh, it's very pretty. Just the other day, we were just saying how pretty Minnesota is, uh, with ten thousand lakes and beautiful farms and rolling hills, lots of trees, and uh, so we love it up here. And that describes your campus: two hundred and fifty acres of absolute gorgeousness. I mean, just yeah. hills and forests and lakes. I mean, just it is absolutely spectacular and beautiful. I mean, it's just a great place to walk. I love it when I'm up there. And I have enjoyed my time on campus, even in the middle of March when it was cold. And I was there in December, and I loved it. I rolled around in the snow. I thought it was awesome. So, you know, as a president of a Christian college, do you ever struggle with your faith? Absolutely. I I guess there's more days that I do than than I don't. And uh, some of those struggles are personal. You know, there's some things in our lives that we just always kind of have trouble with, whether that's, for me, it's kind of like, sometimes indecision or procrastination or just, you know, making every minute count or, you know, working on the right priorities. But, you know, for me, Jim, I think a lot of it is trying to figure out how faith and, you know, an organization kind of works. So, um, you know, how do I budget for the college, $20 million budget, believing that God's going to provide everything we need, and yet looking at a sea of red sometime or how do i pray that students 
are going to come to Crown College when that very prayer means they're not going to go to some other Christian college. So I'm kind of praying against them to go somewhere else as I'm praying for them to come here. Or, you know, how do I show God's love when we have to let somebody go? And I suspect that a lot of your listeners who run their own companies struggle with a lot of the same kinds of issues, right? So they're running their own companies. You know, how do they love God and still pursue wealth? Or how do they balance the needs of their employees with the obligation of their company to make a profit? Or how do they compete fiercely and love others deeply or whatever the issues are, right? Sure. Um, So I think I struggle more with those kinds of things in how to integrate faith into that kind of a a world uh, of business, the business of a college, sometimes than I do with just my own personal individual struggles. But that's the beauty of what I love about Crown College and what I also loved about Clearwater Christian College. We've got a president who is seeking the Lord and trying to understand exactly how to incorporate your biblical worldview into the day-to-day business of the college. And at the same time, you're equipping students to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's not just something that you're doing and, and you don't teach anybody else. It's from the top down at Crown College. Yeah, you know what I would say, Jim, is a lot of times I think in faith we train people how to cope, you know, with just kind of their own personal struggles. And and I want to also call people uh, to be great, you know. So what do you have to become? What do you have to do? What kinds of habits do you have to put in place? What kinds of perspectives do you need? How much faith do you really does it take to really make a difference and an impact in the world and not just kind of get by and, you know, you know just kind of cope with the world? And, and that's powerful because we we got we as Christ followers should be pursuing excellence no matter what we do whether we're digging ditches working for the Department of Transportation whether we're driving a bus whether we're the executive of a of 3M or whatever you want to be great Minnesota companies or or down here there's there's all kinds of fantastic companies what what a privilege it is to be a Christ follower in business and to be an example of pursuing excellence no matter what your position would be yeah. Yep. So you've in the last several months have, have had some health adversity. You want to you want to share about how Christ has shaped your life because of that health adversity? Well, and um, on January 26th, I had open heart surgery uh, to have my mitral valve repaired. Fortunately, they didn't have to take it out. Um, so I've got all my body parts left. But be, but through that, I had a little a few hiccups along the way, and. Um, but God has gotten me through that. Uh, I tell people I have 105% recovery. Um, things are great. Um, but I remember, you know, a couple nights, you know, complaining to the Lord, you know, God, I didn't have this surgery so I could be an AFib the rest of my life or something like that. And um, I came to understand, you know, that the healthcare profession, there's some great people there. I came to love and appreciate those who cared for me. I remember one night I was just kind of um, singing hymns. It was almost like a Paul and Silas moment in the Philippian jail, you know, where I just, I got my phone out and got online and looked at some wording of old hymns and just was singing them to myself there in the hospital, fortunately to myself, so nobody else could hear me. (laughs) But um, it was, you know, so God, I think, was close in those moments, and uh, he certainly has been faithful to get me through them. Not that he wouldn't have been faithful if he hadn't, but in my case, I've been fully restored and 
able to get back to the things I love to do here at Crown. So he obviously wasn't done with you yet because he didn't take you home. So, All right, so Crown College wasn't always a liberal arts college with lots of different programs. You started off as a Bible college. When, right. did, when did you make the shift? So we started in 1916, and it probably was the 60s before things started to shift, and we added some programs like history and philosophy and psychology in the 70s, some teacher ed programs in the 80s and 90s business and nursing, and we did our online program, really blew that out here in the, in the 2000s. But probably the shift really took place in 1992 when we changed our name from St. Paul Bible College to Crown College, and I think that kind of sealed the shift that had come from uh, maybe 10, 20 years earlier than that. And it is a fantastic shift because I've met with many of the professors on campus, on many, okay, five or ten maybe, but I've had the opportunity for them to share their heart and passion for kids. And, and, and this is what I got from those professors. And I met with a couple of your business professors probably a year and a half or two years ago, and they shared how they were taking students to China as part of their program to teach yeah. them, uh, the, to give them a true perspective for business as missions, but to also give them a, a perspective on really international business. It was fascinating. How, how are you guys intentional in equipping your students to live in a vibrant, faithful fashion in the workplace? Yeah, you know, um, it, it starts with the professors, like you said, uh, but I think it rifles down through our staff and you know, there's a lot of ways to do that, I think, through the personal stories of the of the professors and inviting people into the classroom from outside, like you were given the opportunity, or at least talk to some students and faculty. Um, you know, I think of, a, of a, a student who graduated just, you know, back in 2014. Um, I heard about him about a month ago. I didn't really know him that well. He graduated in 2014, December, played baseball here at Crown. He just got a job at BioVentus, which is like a $250 million medical device company. But he got that because of an internship that he got uh, here at Crown, found that internship basically through the baseball coach that encouraged him to move in that direction. And the baseball coach's brother was an executive in that company. Um, But it was interesting just to hear how... uh, he kind of found something that was in keeping with, you know, who he was designed to be. And I remember that his biology teacher told me, uh, Dr. Hardy said, that during the interview process, Steve was knew as much about the medical products of that company as the people that were doing the interview. And so I think he was trained to prepare. He has kind of a competitive nature. He was determined. And all of that, I think, along with his schooling here, uh, prepared him to now be in a profession where he can, you know, really make a difference in that medical field. So um, I think our professors and our staff are geared that direction to try to help students, you know, enter the workplace as well as into into church ministry, if that's where God calls them. Now, you guys have, you've just talked about the fantastic on-campus program, but you have just as many students involved in your online Mm -hmm. program, don't you, as on your on-campus program. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you've got Tons of different degree programs on the online program. We'll hit those after the break, but talk about why you started up this online program. Sure. So the um, a lot of people today, particularly those that aren't uh, 18, uh, have a life going, and they don't want to you know, uh, disrupt that by having to move to a college campus. Perhaps they're married. 
uh, perhaps they're moving in that direction. They have a good job already, or they have a job, and they want to improve themselves. So the online technology has really improved, and uh, so we were able to offer a lot of degree programs online and um, help students uh, find uh, their purpose in life through those programs just as well as having to come to campus to do that. All right, we're talking about your online program, but before we do, we're going to do a book highlight segment because the guy that I'm highlighting today is a friend of yours. So, and, and it's a book that we both read, and I, don't, I, I got the connection not from you but from your CFO. <laughs> who happens to be my sister. Right. Hey, it's time for our book highlights segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The book today is The Executive Calling, written by Roger Anderson, a great Minnesota native. Well, no, he's not a native, but he lives in Minnesota now. He wrote this book from the perspective of an executive, not that owns his own business, but works for people or in publicly traded companies or works for somebody else who owns the company, but a high up executive on how to apply your faith into what you do on each and every day basis, but you don't own the company. How can you express your influence within the company, even though it's not your company? What do you know about Roger Anderson? Why would you recommend this book, Joel? Um, well, I know Roger, and I would recommend it because of him, but I also love a couple of things that really resonated with me. He uh, really has a lot of Bible verses in his book and, and deals with them, I think, in a pretty um, uh, meaningful way about work, and not just work for others, but work when you're in charge of others. And it's harder to find sometimes a book that really deals with that kind of leadership rather than just you know submitting to the workplace, etc., the other thing I read in about the first two pages was um, he asked this question, have you ever in your life heard a sermon that applied biblical principles to everyday work issues? And so often we don't hear anything about that in our messages at church. And so this book really helps people kind of put the work world in place you know, from a biblical perspective. So I think it's got a lot of great lessons to teach us. The cool part is we are starting a tidal wave in that world, because we had, I had the pastor from my church on the air last Thursday sharing about his six-week series on work, and he was shocked and surprised at the impact it made on the people in our church, and that's going to happen more and more, and we're trying to challenge other pastors around the country yep. to do the same thing. And there are a lot of great churches out there that are doing it, but the majority of them are not. And so we got we have to reverse influence them. Yep. You know, on the Crown College website, again, we're talking with President Joel Wiggins from Crown College, and we're doing that because this week on Thursday, Clearwater Christian College is hosting eight colleges that are have been approved by Clearwater Christian College or have made arrangements, that's probably a better word, for their students to go easily from Clearwater Christian College and transfer to these other colleges they made arrangements. You guys at Crown College have made, you've put together a package to make it yep. easy for Clearwater Christian College students to either go to online learning or go to on-campus learning. What's that package all about? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, let us, uh, just let me say, you know, how difficult it is to hear of another Christian college uh, go out of business like this, and I just want to offer our words of support and prayer for President Clem and the Provost Abel and faculty and students. Um, so uh, we're grateful to have the opportunity to service the students as best we can, but we wish kind of we didn't have that opportunity. I would agree. Uh, but what we've put together for students of Clearwater Christian, those who are currently registered students, uh, existing students is that we will honor whatever the program is that they have at Clearwater. So whatever their um, basically their financial aid package uh, from the college, we'll honor that at Crown. 
And we'll also do our very best to be very liberal in our um, acceptance of transfer credits. Uh, oftentimes a student gets kind of hung up on that, but we're going to do our very best to honor the credits that they have. The good thing is that Clearwater Christian was an accredited college, and Crown College is accredited, so it's a little bit easier to you know work in that fashion with the college. No, I, I'm glad you said what you said about the fact that we'd rather not be having this show because we'd rather. I mean, I, I loved Clearwater Christian College. You you know that you and I have mm-hmm. talked about it many yep. times over the last couple of years. Fantastic school. It, it has broken my heart that it's done this, but we've got a lot of students. I've got my daughter who's got lots of friends. There are a lot of students, 350 students that need a good place to go, and. Crown College may be a good fit for some of those students, and I wanted, because you are also at my heart of my passion, <laughs> I wanted to make sure people knew about your fantastic online learning program, and if they're willing to deal with a little bit of snow, about the absolutely fantastic campus experience. So let's let's talk about your online learning program, because you've got some, you got a lot of degree programs online. Right. I think we're probably among the top 15 Christian uh, colleges in their online programs in terms of the breadth and the depth of the of the programs that we offer. Um, so we have both undergraduate and graduate programs online. Uh, just depends what the students' inter- is uh, their interest is. We probably have something that can meet that. So talk about what, what some of those specific programs are within the online learning. Because obviously some people in Tampa are going to go, are you kidding? When it's 32 here, I'm cold. I don't want to go to Minnesota, but that's okay. They don't have to go. They can yep. take your classes online. So tell me, and, and again, you can find out more about Crown College online at crown.edu. Crown.edu. Not O-R-G, but E-D-U. Yep. So what are some of those programs? Yeah, so let me, I'll just try to get uh, specific. And people can go online and find out more. But for example, we have a minor right now that's very popular in alcohol and drug counseling. I think there's something like 60 plus students that are taking that out of psychology major, but a minor in alcohol and drug counseling. And uh, this is a very popular uh, profession right now. I think it's one of the top 10, unfortunately, uh, one of the top 10 promising professions is to work in the uh, drug abuse or substance abuse uh, market. And this Christian-centered, you know, counseling program really addresses how to recognize and respond to addiction and deal with that, you know, coming at it from a, a place of faith. So that's that's a pretty popular program on the undergraduate side. That's fantastic. So what about some business programs? Because Crown uh, Clearwater Christian College had a lot of very great business programs, as well as obviously lots of bi- uh, biblical degrees for pastoral, you know, pre-pastoral or pre-graduate uh, programs for pastoral or missionary. Uh, so the assumption there is that all of that stuff's the same. But talk about your business degrees, because that's at my heart yep. and my passion. Talk about what you do there. Yeah, so there's a, a undergrad degree in business administration, and then we have a an MBA program online, and we also have a MBA program with a nonprofit management concentration, which we have found that a lot of students that we service, you know, many of them go into nonprofits as well as for profits, and uh, that that program basically helps them to uh, understand the critical needs and the sustainability of any nonprofit organization. So we've got both those undergrad graduate MBA and the uh, concentration in nonprofit management. So. Uh- how many are there programs that you guys offer on campus that you don't offer online? There are a few, yeah, and then there are some online that we don't offer on campus as well. So, um, some of our math and science courses and nursing, of course, and music, 
<clears throat> some of the performance courses are a lot easier to do in person on campus than they are to do online. Yeah, I guess it's probably pretty hard to record piano and shove it over in, a, in, a, in an MP3. <laughs> it can be done these days. Yeah, it but, can be, uh, but, we don't do but it. there's no way to prove that it was you that did it. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little tough. All right, so... You know, you, you've got these fantastic online programs, and I think what's uh, – I've got a niece going through your MBA program. I believe she's going through – yeah, she's going through your MBA program, isn't she? Right. Yeah, yeah that's she right. Is. All right, so and, and that's fantastic to be able to do an MBA online from a Christian school. Talk about just the impact that you're seeing in kids' lives. You've been the president now – is it three years? It's two and yeah, a half two years. years. Two years. Two years, okay. Yeah. Talk about the impact that you're seeing in kids' lives as you send them out into the workforce, not into the church workforce, but into the business workforce out there in industry, and the impact that their faith is making on their workplace, and how they come back and tell you, hey, thank you so much for equipping me. I mean, what do you hear? Yeah, so, um, you know, some of our nursing students that start there, and then I can talk about some business students, um, you know, are, are really finding that the Christian element, the Christian focus, really why they came here, right? I mean, you can go to a lot of nursing programs, a lot of business programs, but getting that spiritual and Christian emphasis has really equipped them to have a different perspective, a different heart for, maybe a different relationship with their patients as they're working with them. And some of them have received some interesting awards in terms of just the places, the hospitals they've been at, and the recognitions they've received. Um, I, I think of a business student that uh, just got a job over at the local hospital here, not as a healthcare professional, but working in the um, finance side of the hospital, and you know was really um, singled out as you know somebody who uh, they really wanted. He got an internship, and then he got a, a job there. Uh, a recent graduate working at Target Corporation and is in their supply chain, uh, kind of bringing goods from overseas into the states and she kind of manages three different uh shipping ports one down in in uh, savannah and one in chicago and i forget where the other one is so i mean they're really making a difference they've learned well and um they're getting engaged in their you know their businesses one guy um this is a fascinating story about a guy that's actually started a coffee shop in in uh, taiwan and is doubling it as a church and it's kind of interesting name he's called it the aroma so it's the aroma of coffee but it's also the aroma of the gospel and the coffee shop is now about break even financially and the church is thriving as they're really making an inroad into the population through the coffee shop so so that was one a of lot your of students. ways of making a difference in the world that was one of your students that were they from taiwan and they came to your campus no no they, they're from i think they might have been from minnesota i'm not exactly sure but they're as white as you or i am then they went to Taiwan, opened up a coffee house in order to spread the gospel. So really, Absolutely. business yeah. as mission. I mean, they really went there with that as a, as a as an emphasis. Yep. So you mentioned internship programs, or a lot of kids getting interns. How how active are you guys in helping kids incorporate? And I say kids, students. They're because they're young adults, of course. How active are you guys in incorporating internships into their into their graduating standards for an undergraduate degree? Yeah, so one of the degrees we have uh, is a sports management degree, and in that program they have to take an internship. Nursing, of course, they have clinicals. Teacher education, of course, they have student teaching and practicum. Uh, in our church ministry courses, they have a whole semester that's devoted to uh, an internship in a church or in terms of the global programs, uh, sometimes in a cross-cultural or overseas uh, location. 
So pretty much spread throughout a lot of the curriculum are, are uh, internships to get them out into whatever the profession is that they're going to be moving into in their life. What do you find? You guys have been at college for almost 100 years, <laughs> and, which, is, which is amazing. I mean, it's, yep. it, it's amazing. What's the most exciting thing about being a college president for you? Because I, I watch your videos that you guys send out, and you have a lot of fun with students. <laughs> but what, what is the most amazing thing that you've experienced as a president? You know, I, uh, here's what I think. Uh, so many people are down on this generation uh, for whatever reason, uh, and I'm not going to go into all that. But I'm kind of uh, a bull on this generation. I think that this is a great uh, group of, of students and people that are wanting to make a difference. They want to do it now. They don't want to just prepare for it later on in their life. They want to do something significant. They want to make that impact. They don't care what the cost is. So um, I think the most fun thing about being a college president is to realize that we have a deployment force of 600 students on campus and we have another deployment force of 600 students right now. I think both of those are going to grow in our online program. And to just think of the impact and the difference that's going to make in the world, that gets me up in the morning every day. That's, that is so cool. And, it, and to see the impact on their lives and how they're making an impact on our economy, local and international, as you said, Taiwan. Joel, as we, as we come to the close, talk to me about the future of Crown College, where you're taking it next. What are some of the cutting-edge things that you're going to deal uh, uh, contemplate here or put into execution in the next several years? Well, and I'm very optimistic about the future uh, of Crown. Student enrollment's up about 10% this fall, this coming fall, uh, both on campus and online, and our retention numbers are up a little bit. And uh, we're entering into our 100th anniversary year, as you said uh, earlier. So there's a lot of pretty cool things. I think, uh, you know, some things that are on the horizon, uh, turning our business department into a business school, so deepening and broadening the curriculum there adding an engineering program to the campus. Uh, we're adding uh, some things in the healthcare and health sciences area. So a lot of these programs, I think, are moving in a direction that I think, Jim, you and I share, and that is to create platforms for students to get good at something whereby they can serve the gospel but do so in the workplace. There are many places around the world you cannot get in as a missionary anymore. You might not even be able to get in as a as a, a relief or service worker, but everybody will take health care, will take engineering, will take science uh, individuals, and so and business people. So I think training those kinds of students for the world that we're moving into is vitally important. We want to be a college that's ahead of that curve. You've got a fantastic online learning program. And people can find out when you go onto your website, you've got an on-campus learning and it lists all the degrees out. And then you've got an online learning and it lists all the degrees out. But let's just highlight some of the things that people here in Tampa Bay can experience at Crown College while sitting here and basking under palm tree-lined shade. <laughs> well, you know, one of them might be of interest to them is a disaster management concentration. Um, Disaster emergency management um, is one of the top ten professional fields right now in terms of job growth, and this degree uh, helps enter the faith component and goes hand-in-hand hand with the work component of dealing with disasters and emergencies that, that come up. Uh, it also can be uh, part of a concentration in management or a concentration in global leadership 
so it, it also uh, enters into that global marketplace as well. So we think that's a really cool program. And another thing that kind of came out of that one was uh, just a, a, a church disaster preparedness and response program so that churches can prepare uh, in their communities for whenever uh, a disaster emergency occurs. So that's one I think is pretty creative and, and cutting edge uh, as well as some of the others that are online. And when you mention the church disaster preparedness, you think about the, the doors that have been opened in the unwelcoming communist world unwelcoming where doors are shut to the white man from the united states but when there's a disaster we can come in there and help bande ache uh, was one of those spots after the indonesian earthquake and yep. huge tsunami i mean workers from all over the world were brought in there and the gospel was brought to an area that was completely unreachable by the white man and it was fantastic and i just say people from the united states i'm sure they were all different colors and shapes and sizes uh, but it was but shut to people from america but wide open because we brought aid. Joel, speak to the students. you got just 30 seconds. Speak to the students and the parents of the students. Why should they consider Crown College? Well, I would say that our academic programs are, are strong. Our community is, is fully Christian and is, is a lot of fun. I think our online programs meet needs, and I think we're affordable. And uh, it's a great place to graduate from because we're accredited. That's a great summer. And you did that in under 20 seconds. I'm impressed. Very, okay. very good. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I want to challenge my listeners to join the I Work For Him nation. That's right. Just as Joel and I have been talking this last hour about people being equipped for the workplace, when you get to that workplace, I want you to join the I Work For Him nation. I want you to commit to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day and looking for ways to befriend them and to serve them, but be ready to pray with them when you see their countenance is down. When you see that they're just not ready for the day and something is wrong, look for a way to minister to them in your workplace, but all along be the best and brightest example of an employee in your position in your workplace. Go on to the I Work For Him website, click on Contact Us and say, Jim, I want to be part of the I Work For Him nation. Hey, while you're on the website, look for the announcement of all kinds of big changes coming up for I Work For Him on the 20th of July. Lots of big changes. You just need to find out what they are Check out I Work For Him on our Facebook page as well. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.